I'm Bridget Metcalf. Join me each week as I chat with leaders from around the world, shining a light of global issues that affect us all, so the truth may be known. Don't miss out on the conversation. Go to your favorite podcast streaming service now to subscribe to Truth Be Known. For upcoming podcasts, go to truthbeknown.org and enjoy the conversation. Hello friends, this is Bridget Metcalf and thank you for joining us today on the Truth Be Known podcast. Let me introduce you to Dolene Luminaire from Cameroon in Africa, but resides here in Bangkok, Thailand. An amazing, dynamic, emerging young leader that when you hear her speak, you will be wowed, challenged, and upended in a good way. Dolene is a young adult pastor at ICA, International Christian Assembly Church here in Bangkok, Thailand, and oversees many ministries. Max Life Youth for teens 13 to 18, Chi Alpha One More Friend on the college campus at Stanford University, Kadoom Young Adults, a once a month worship night that opens its doors to young professionals across this massive city. But also, she is a motivational speaker and orator beyond her years. This 25-year-old is a dynamo from start to finish as she shares a message of hope from the Word of God. Sometimes we want to see tangible fruits, right? But actually the fruits are inside. What have I learned? What do I feel like I have grown in trying all these new ideas and keeping the vision alive? And I think I will say that one thing that keeps my vision alive and keeps my passion burning for the ministry, even though it seems as if I can't see tangible fruit, I will say it's just believing that God is still moving. Get to know this emerging young leader and enjoy the conversation as we dive into this week's episode of Truth Be Known. That was very, very exciting to have that because that was the first time we were returning on campus after a whole year of not being there. I've gone there a few times to prayer walk around the, the campus, but the club fair is it's just like an event where you have different clubs that represent that showcase their club and just invite people in to sign up and join their clubs and everything. And I remember that day, the club fair was to start at 10 a.m. I was so excited that I woke up so early that morning and I told my team leaders, we need to get there very early and just set up and just get ready, you know, for the day. So we got there an hour earlier, we set up our tables, we had t-shirts and we had Chi Alpha books and we have like lanyards, we had different gifts and just activities set up for, for the day. And I remember that the club leader is in charge of all the clubs and the activities on campus. And she came to me and she said, I'm very impressed. Like you guys really, really put in a lot of work and a lot like of dedication, like looking at your booth and your table stand, it's like totally different from every other table that is represented and every other club that is represented there. And that was just an, um, an opportunity to share about like who we are. We are a Christian club and this is what we do. We have been taught to do things with excellence, no matter how small it is. Like we represent God and that is who he is. And she was very interested and she was like, I would love to join the club, of which she did. She joined, she joined our first meeting. But it was very exciting because just having all of the leaders there and just having that fellowship with them. And I was able to have very deep conversation with my club president at home. I feel like it was a good time to remind them of the calling that is on their life and to remind them of what we do, you know, like who we are. We are here to make fun. We are here to build community. We are here to be there for each other. And we had many people sign up for the club. We had people of different nationality. We had a lot of Thai, more Thai than I expected sign up for it. And we had Filipinos, we had Brazilians, we had Africans that came to our table and played games and got gifts. And it was just, I, I went back home that day feeling like fulfilled you know, feeling like, God, like it's a, it's a new dawn, you know, like I went home feeling like, okay, God, like you are really moving. Like you are, I am excited for this new phase. I am excited for this new season. I'm excited for what you're doing. So I think the club fair was a huge opportunity, first of all, to 
connect with my leaders and secondly to really show the campus what we are all about it is exciting yeah. and you know the opportunity that that club fair happened mm. right before covid kind of surged yeah. again here in bangkok mm. so it gives you an opportunity to make those connections that you mm-hmm. can encourage people, even though you maybe can't meet in person. That's just one aspect of your ministry is one more friend, mm-hmm. Chi Alpha. But I want to ask with college ministry, every semester it evolves. You know, you have some leaders that come, mm-hmm. some leaders that go, people that come mm-hmm. in, people, people that take their faith seriously, some that maybe have never even heard about God. And then you add COVID to this whole mix Mm -hmm. as well. How have you navigated the different changes and people coming and going? Yeah, I will say that is one of the biggest challenges is that the students, they study and they get done with their studies. And most of them, because we are in Thailand and most of them are not from Thailand. So obviously they have to leave once they are done studying. And that has been one of the most challenging part is having leaders that have been there for years leave and not being able to fill that gap immediately. Because you don't just want to fill, especially leadership, you don't just want to fill spots because you feel like we need people. You need to make sure that you get the right people and the people who are ready for it. I think one way that has really helped is the fact that when our leaders leave, they don't just leave. Like we've had, I would say, we've had David, we've had Valerie, even Caitlin that was back home for just a bit and she was stuck back home because of COVID. They will still join our meeting, right? They will still join our meetings. They will still join our events and our activities considering that we were online for the time being. And that would really help feeling like they are not gone, gone, but they are actually there and they are still there to support the team. And I think that also just opened a way to have new people join. Like we've had people, I would say like Kai, that has been very committed and has been very dedicated to um, one more friend. He um, joins every meeting. He's very, very faithful and seeing his personal life and just his growth with the Lord has given him the opportunity to be able to join leadership. So I would say it's a challenge, but it's also an open door to not just form this closed team and, you know, like just close the barriers as to, okay, this is, this is one more friend and this is who we are. We are not really getting, you know, people in, or we are not really getting new leadership in, but being able to be open to other people joining the team. And you mentioned about um, having people of different levels of faith and like people who are not even Christians. Uh, We have, we definitely have different ranges. We have believers that are very, very committed to their work with the Lord. We have believers that are there and not there sometimes that are, uh, I'm a Christian by religion, but I I don't really want to do this faith thing. And then we have Buddhists that come. We have Muslims that come. And just recently, the new term that started, we had two. Hindu guys who joined one more friend and they told me I really just want to know about Christianity and what you guys do and what Christianity is all about so we are quite open to other religions and and people from different phases of life and different levels of intimacy with the Lord and that has really helped the team and I to be more open-minded open-minded as to we are not expecting only grown-up believers to join one more friend relating to COVID (laughs) it's been very very challenging we've been meeting online for more than a year we've been having our meetings online there was a short time we were at ICA Bangkok meeting there because it was just so difficult and challenging you know to just meet online we miss the community and just spending time together having games together fellowship together eating together so we had a semester where we were meeting at ICA Bangkok but then we went back online And it's such a bummer because I received an email just last week from the school saying that because of the new outbreak of COVID, we'll have to go back online until further notice. So that has been very challenging, but that has also brought a lot of creativity within us, you know, like, okay, we have to be, can't just sit back and just pull back because of the circumstances. We have to be creative as to how we can keep on going and keep on moving, even though we are facing these challenges and these barriers. It sounds like you are very 
international as well as you're open to bringing in other religions to come in and to learn and to grow and you're building this community mm-hmm. i want to ask you with all the challenges and everything that mm-hmm. has happened how do you maintain your vision your creativity mm-hmm. build community when you're mm-hmm. doing on, an online club how do you keep that yeah. moving <laughs> i would honestly said is it's been it's been very very challenging and I've had moments where I'm like god like I am I even being foot in my ministry like where is all of this going like I don't see the foot you know like I, I miss the strategy and the creativity and the different things I've tried out I don't feel like I'm being productive but I remember one evening just like lamenting and like praying and crying out to god about Stanford University and I I felt like I heard the holy spirit tell me like sometimes we want to see tangible fruits right but actually the fruits are inside what have i learned what do i feel like i have grown in trying all these new ideas and keeping the vision alive and i think i will say that one thing that keeps my vision alive and keeps my passion burning for the ministry even though it seems as if i can't see tangible fruit i will say it's just believing that god is still moving believing mm-hmm. that god is still moving there will be time where i will host meetings and i will literally have only my leader show up you know and i will feel a little bit discouraged but i always hear the holy spirit say it's not about the number of people but it's about the impact that you're having have hosting all of these meetings and i will say that that is what has been keeping my passion burning and my vision alive is the fact that i can still invest in my leaders mm-hmm. right like yeah maybe i don't have all this new people new students joining and everything but i have my leaders and i i have about 10 leaders mm-hmm. and just seeing the fruit and just seeing them grow amidst the difficulties and the challenges i think that that for me has kept my passion burning it's not like i wake up in the morning for nothing if right. i have my leaders and i have this few people and i know that i am i am mentoring them i am i am helping them to grow in their faith in the lord and empowering them equipping them for the big harvest that is coming for for sure it's coming right and it it's happening even though we seem not to see it with our physical eyes so i think for me that it has been one thing that has helped me to keep my vision alive is the fact that i can focus in the inside and what i am building in myself as well as what i'm building in my leaders as we wait for things to get better i think that's very impactful it reminds me of just a tree during winter time you know the winter months the tree looks dead the all the leaves are gone it doesn't look fruitful it doesn't look like it's really producing anything but it's during the winter months that the root system is going deep and mm. it's it's going deeper and deeper which is really mm. the whole core of the tree and so mm. when the springtime comes and the different seasons come that tree is stronger because the root system goes deeper so it sounds mm. like to me stanford university and what you guys are doing there is you guys have a strong core because you're developing your leaders even during the times where you're not seeing as many students. I want to ask yeah. you just tell me a little bit about Stanford and how the school is, you know, I I think I heard that there's over 100 nationalities at Stanford mm-hmm. University. Stanford is a very small university compared to universities around Thailand. It's a campus of about 5000 students. of about 100 nationalities yes but it's amazing that even though it's small you have people mm-hmm. coming from all over the world mm-hmm. studying there and then they launch back into their their communities and their nations and mm-hmm. they they are making huge impacts so so you can definitely change a life when you have even just the small campus but one more friend and college ministry is just one aspect of your overall portfolio of ministry mm-hmm. and there's another aspect that I'm really familiar with that I do want you to share about as well is kadoom and to most mm-hmm. people they hear the word kadoom and they're like <laughs> what what does that mean but can you explain a little bit about mm-hmm. kadoom ministry and yeah. what all that is about 
it's so funny because I have to explain the meaning of Kadum every every single month we meet for our worship night. But the word Kadum just came out from our mission trip, our first ICA mission trip that we had in Myanmar. I think it was in 2018. So we went to Myanmar for a mission trip, and one evening we had to go minister at this young adult Bible college. So we went there and we have Uncle Vive that was sharing the word. And when he finished sharing the word, it was like altar time. And as missionaries, we are the one to pray for them. So he called us forward and he's like, okay, let's just go around the room and um, let's just pray for the people. And it was intense. The presence of God that day was, wow, it was so tangible. So we go forward and we are praying for these people. They are crying. It was just so powerful. And then I was crying, I was sobbing and I, I couldn't even pray. So I just stood, I just like withdrew myself and stood at the corner of the room. And I was just like watching people pray and people just crying and surrendering to God. And there was this one time Uncle Vivi was praying for this one girl and he held her hand. And before he could even say a word, she just fell like under the, the anointing and the, the power of God. And for me, that wasn't new because um, I mean, where I come from in Cameroon, that is the norm you know like if you go to church and people don't follow you we're not at church you know <laughs> so it, it's very um, normal for that to happen but just being um, here for so long and having been in such a situation where I see people falling under the anointing of God and just under the power of God was like oh I wasn't expecting that so on our way back um, in the van, we're like, okay, let's just give report and like praise report of like what you felt about the meeting and everything and different people were sharing. And then I, I shared the story. I was like, wow, um, Uncle Vivi was praying for this one girl and she fell like a doom, you know? And that's where the word, I didn't even know. We, I'm very bad with sounds, like sound effect or like what is a particular sound that something does when it falls or anything. But the word just came out like that, like, um, and the girl just fell like doom, you know? And I was like, wow. So everyone was like, kadoom. And then we just laughed about it. But I went to the hotel room and I was just meditating and just like, wow, today was really a great day. And the word kadoom kept coming back to my mind, kept coming back to my mind. And then I just started making jokes about it and sharing to the young adult about it. When I came back to Bangkok, we just had this deep hunger for worship. You know, like few of my friends and I, we just had this deep, like we will come together and like, okay, let's have masala tea. And if there is a guitar, that's it two hours, three hours would just be soaking in worship. And it happened every time. And we could do it every single day. And mind you, these people are working. They're having full-time jobs. I'm studying, you know, but we will meet and people will literally leave my place at like 5 a.m., you know, but they are going to, to work as well. And I'm going to school. But it just started, it's just started growing and just the hunger and just the, the desire to just worship God um, together just grew to the extent where we started like, okay, we need to do this like at least weekly. So we would do it in different houses and everything. But then we had the great opportunity that ICA gave us the opportunity to be meeting actually at church and having um, worship night a church. Before then, we were already calling ourselves Kadum, and that's how the word Kadum actually came about from this mission strip. So we started calling ourselves Kadum, and when we made things a little bit more structured as the meeting in the church for worship night and everything, we're like, let's just call it Kadum worship night because that's who we are. And so the meaning of Kadum, it's not a dictionary word, but we just define it as, you mm -hmm. know, just falling under the anointing of God and surrendering to the power and the authority of God when you come at the place of worship. Well, it, it's really become somewhat of a movement. So mm -hmm. once a month, the first Sunday of every month, it's Kadum night where young adults come together and the word is goes forth, worship goes forth. And it's not just about ICA Bangkok and the people that just attend ICA Bangkok, but it's really starting to reach out beyond its borders. And you're seeing young adults coming from all over Bangkok, right? Yes, yes. We started, we started very small. We started with like five people before we started meeting at ICA. And then we just started reaching out to more people. So every time a young adult will come and fellowship with us and they will just get you know, if we just click in worship, we are like, this is where you belong, you know? And so worship was that core 
of who we, we were. So we started inviting people in and we've had people come from different churches. And one dream and vision that I had was that we will have um, young adults from different churches coming together and just worshiping God together. Like, yes, ICA hosts the event and ICA is like the mother church of this movement, but we want to be open to different churches that will come together and just worship God together. You know, uh, you have multi-facets in the ministries that you're doing. You're, you're part of the staff here at ICA Bangkok, represent the young adult community. You oversee the youth. Out of all of the ministries that you have your hand in and you've been a part of, which you've, I mean, you've been a part of almost everything, worship, children's, youth, our homeless community. What ministry makes the most impact on your personal life that just really touches your heart? To be honest, wow, this is a, <laughs> it's a little bit difficult to pick one, but I will say the young adult, the Kadum ministry is really very dear to my heart because this is a, before we started this ministry, we were very close. We were already close friends. So I, I have a heart for the people. I have a heart for the ministry. And I just feel like it's very impactful because this is a group of young professionals. And if they are impacted, impacted in worship and in fellowship, um, they will take this out to their workplaces. And I just imagine how much of a tremendous effect that could have if they are really soaked in their relationship with the Lord and really soaked in fellowship with other believers, how much impact they could have at their different workplaces. I feel like there is just so much potential in mm -hmm. the leaders of Kadum and even just the members or the attendees of Kadum. So it's very, it's very special to me. So ministry. if you, if you could, and, and I mean, I know you love everything that you do and it's difficult mm -hmm. to, you know, just do one thing, but if you yeah. could focus on one area of ministry and that was the only area that you could focus on, it would be the Kadum right. young adults, right? right? Yes. The, right. So let's just talk a little bit. There's two more aspects that I really want to talk to you about. And one of them is the fact that you're part of our prayer ministry, which I often call the engine room of our church. We have a phenomenal prayer leader, Brother Richard from Nigeria, and he is like a general in prayer. But you guys yeah. both make a, a pretty impactful team. So tell us a little bit about the prayer and how did you become such a prayer warrior? Was this something that you just, you were raised in mm -hmm. as a little girl, like you were taught or how was this formed into you? And I noticed that anybody that knows you really well knows that you're a prayer warrior and you can mm -hmm. feel it when you're around you. You've even spent the night at my house before. And I remember hearing you pray <laughs> all night long. So, you know, tell me a little bit about how this was formed in you and how much mm. that means to you and how much it's your core. Yeah, so um, I grew up, my mom always made me understand that the world is a battle and you have to fight for everything. You have to fight to get what you want. You have to fight to be who, who you want to be. And when I found the Lord and I, I became a believer, that's about 10, 10 years ago, I, I grew up in a Christian Catholic Christian family. So I used to go to church every Sunday and whatnot, but I really encountered the Lord and really um, became a believer about 10 to 11 years ago. And um, when I made that decision to follow the Lord, I just took what I grew up learning and believing into my faith. Like everything is a battle, like this world is a battle. You know, the enemy doesn't want us to achieve what the Lord wants us to achieve. The enemy doesn't want us to be who God has created us to be. So if we want to be that, we have to fight to be that. And I, the only way that I could really fight was fighting on my knees, fighting in prayer. And I think I made a joke about this one time I was preaching at IC. I'm like, I don't even know if I can do like a soft, you know, subtle kind of prayer. Because even if we are like, let's pray um, that the love of God, people will feel the love of God. I always end up with like a high pitch of like fighting and like breaking loose, you know, every spirit, you know. But yeah, so I just grew up with the mentality of warfare. And I think I dragged that in into my relationship with God and that helped me in my prayer life and also just being able to see the impact of prayer as I grew in my relationship with God and just being able to see prayer 
actually bringing up things to life and prayer actually impacting people's life and just the impact that prayer had in my life, I would say, has really helped me to maintain my passion in prayer. So when I moved to Thailand, somehow I met Brother Richard and he used to go on this three days fasting and prayer during Songkran. I think that was about six years ago. So for six years, we've been doing three days prayer and fasting during Songkran and we like really pray. I think he also helped me a lot to develop my prayer life and to direct my prayer, structure my prayer a little bit. Because when I used to pray warfare, I would be like, you know, everywhere, um, depending on like the churches I used to go to back home, where it's like, okay, you break loose, you break loose, you break loose. But growing in my relationship with God and um, meeting Brother Richard, he has really given direction and perspective to my prayer and the way that I pray. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I would say it's just growing up with the mentality of the world is a warfare ground. So you tell always us, have to fight. Mm. Tell us a little bit of the structure prayer that mm. you've been taught over the years by Brother Richard. Tell us a little bit about what what does that mean? Growing up from Cameroon, and I would say this is this happens um, in Africa in general. If you go to Pentecostal churches, it's more of like break loose, break loose the devil. As someone is after you, you know, like your family is after you, so you have to like send fire, you know, like fire, die, 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 kind of prayer. But then coming here and meeting Brother Richard, he taught me that it was not so much about people. It was not so much about breaking loose. It was not so much about losing the chains or breaking the chains and everything, but it was more about communicating with God. It was more about bringing our prayer request to the Father. It was more about just like normal communication that you will have with, with a friend, right? And when you have a communication with a friend, you don't just go all the way talking, 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 talking. You talk and you pause and you listen which is something that I didn't have in my prayer life. It's like, I will go and I will pray for hours. I will pray for hours, but I will never really take time to just pause and listen. That is one big structure that he added to my prayer life is the fact that I can go to the Father and I can pray and I can just sit and let him speak back, right? He, he can answer to me. And another structure that I would say is speaking in tongues and using that as our prayer language. You know, like you don't just speak in tongues when you feel like you're high there already. You know, you can come, you can just sit and speak in tongues and speak to the Father and let the Spirit make that supplication on your behalf. Let the Spirit speak for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say those are the two main structures that he has brought to my prayer life. Listening when you pray and also just using your prayer language as much as you can. Mm. That's really good. That's good for people to hear and learn from too. Mm. All right. Well, there's one other aspect of your ministry that probably would be, I would say maybe the newest or the most pronounced, but yet I want to say that as a young person, uh, when I look at you and, and see uh, the depths of your heart, your speaking ability, like your ability to communicate the word and and really touch the souls that are out there when you're sharing and you're speaking is just beyond I, I don't even know how to describe it I mean I walk away from sitting in one of your meetings and I thought wow she brought an aspect of the word that I and I've known the Lord for many many years and read the word for so many years it's like I didn't even catch that so you're there's dynamic in your speaking abilities. Tell us a little bit about this gifting that has emerged from you, how you felt released in it, and how you, you know, get your confidence to be able to share the word like that. First, I would, I would want to thank you and Papa Dana for this opportunity. Um, I, I don't think I would have been where I am today if you guys didn't trust me and didn't equip me enough and just release me and giving me this opportunity. I remember the first time I really spoke on a platform like that was a um, women conference that we had a um, few years ago and you asked me to speak. And I was like, um, I speak at connect groups and in small groups, but I'm not really sure I can do this, like speak in front of like so many people. But I think that was like the starting point for me. And that gave me so much confidence, just trusting me with that and giving me that opportunity. But I will say that it's so far, 
my greatest achievement, speaking on a Sunday at ICA Bangkok, having about 42 nationalities represented there, speaking to a hundred plus audience. I, I never, I, I never thought that would happen this early in my life. I always knew that God was calling me to speak or preach in a way, but I never knew that it would happen as early as this. One thing that gives me confidence and the whole is the fact that the Holy Spirit always reminds me that it is his word. It's not Dolin's word. So I, it's, it's, it's not about me. It's never been about me. The word in itself, it's active and it's alive. So I think just knowing that and reminding myself that as I prepare the sermon, as I prepare the slides and as I pray into that, it's like, God, this is all you. This is your word. What do I need to add to it to make it active? Nothing. I just need to speak it out. And I think that gives me a lot of confidence when I stand on the platform. But I would say that sometimes I'm a little bit anxious because English is not my first language. And I'm like, I have sometimes, most of the time I have to translate words um, in my mind from French to English before I speak it out, which um, kind of just pulls me back a little bit. But knowing that the spirit of God is what leads me, the spirit of God is what gives me that boldness. And I'm always reminded, I'm always reminded in Acts 2, um, when the spirit of God fell upon the apostle, the Bible says that Peter stepped forward in boldness and he declared the word of God. It was nothing about Peter, but it was about the word of God and the spirit of God that was upon his life. So I think that is my main core confidence is the fact that if God has called me on to this and what I am preaching is the word of God, then I have nothing to fear. The word of God is going to bring that life to the audience, whether or not I am saying the right words or I am having the perfect grammar or the perfect vocabulary or not. If it is the word of God in itself, it's already active and alive. Mm. And I think that is that is really what gives me confidence. It's just basing everything on the word of God and just knowing the value and the impact that the word of God on its own can have beyond my personality. And I know many people have told me, oh, you just have the personality of a preacher. You can turn any, anything, any simple thing into something, you know, magnificent or anything because your personality and your confidence. But I really believe that it's, it goes beyond my personality. It just goes beyond that. It's, it's mainly because of the importance and the reverence that I have for the word of God. So if you were to encounter, which you do, you encounter a lot of young adults in here in Bangkok and, you know, you mm -hmm. have a thriving young adults ministry with Kadoom and with One More Friend. Mm -hmm. How do you encourage them? Or do you see sometimes people have that same gifting and the calling, but maybe not have the confidence? How are you reproducing yourself in them when it comes to speaking? I would say um, this reminds me, I had a conversation a few weeks back with um, this um, beautiful lady from Congo. And she came to me and she said, like, you're just such an amazing speaker and I have the heart to speak and I have the heart to preach, but I'm not very confident, firstly, because English is not my first language and all these other factors. And I was just telling her, it definitely takes practice right? It takes practice. Just grab every opportunity that comes your way. You know, like when you gave me the opportunity a few years back to speak, I could say no out of my fear, you know, like, no, mama, I'm not sure I'm able to do that. But I'm like, this is an opportunity. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to go home. I will practice. I'll put so much work into as much work as I can into it. And I was just, I would just do it, which is the same thing I told her just practice your English. Uh, make sure when you talk to me, don't speak in French, speak in English, surround yourself with English speakers, but most importantly, learn how to just love the word of God. When you love the word of God, it just comes out naturally because you're not faking it. You're not presenting. You're not performing. It comes mm -hmm. out of that overflow of the love of God. But one advice that I would give to young adults is just grab the opportunity. Whether you're able to do it or not, who cares if you fail? right? Who cares if you're amazing at, the, at first or not? Like, just grab the opportunity and do it. As much as you grab the opportunity and you practice and you get used to it, it becomes more natural. Nothing becomes natural until you are natural doing it, right? right. It's like a kid that starts working. It's like working for him is not natural until he keeps practicing like, okay, one step at a time, one step at a time. And the more he does it, the more natural it comes to him. So when he's few years into it, he doesn't wake up in the morning like, okay, one step at a time. No, he just wakes up and run. Why? Because he practiced it and he got used to it. 
So you will never be good at it until you grab the opportunity and just do it. And I do love how I've noticed that you do this quite often is that you're looking for people that have that there is a natural knack or natural ability that comes with it as well, but you are calling them out and you do release them into just like you were released. You are reproducing that and releasing people, you know, on your Kadoom nights and giving them opportunity to share. So that's, that's pretty amazing how you've reproduced that. With that being said, I want to ask you, what do you feel like God is saying to you right now? And especially with so much that has happened in our world, you know, with COVID and these lockdowns, and you've seen, you've been affected in your ministry, but what do you feel like God is saying right now, maybe to you, or that if you had a voice to share to the world, a young adult audience right in front of you, which in a way with Truth Be Known podcast, you do. And you could say something that God is really speaking to you right now. I feel like one thing that the Holy Spirit has been um, telling me in this season, which I feel is for everyone out there, is be in the journey. Be in the journey. And I, I remember when this whole thing happened with COVID and everything, for ministry, it was very challenging, right? And I know many people were looking forward to when is this all going to end? When is this all going to end? When it ends, I'm going to do that. When it ends, I'll, I'll start traveling again. I'll value people again. I will, I will, I will. But God is really teaching us to just be in the journey. The journey is as important as the destination. If you, if you learn how to just be in the journey, to evolve in the journey, rather than waiting for the destination to finally evolve, I feel like this will be a game changer for many young adults out there. It's like, okay, um, people are losing their jobs. Yes, but people are also creating businesses in the midst of the pandemic, right? People are uh, becoming bankrupt, for example, or people are losing their faith, but people are also getting to hold Christ as their anchor in this crisis. Like God is doing something now. Instead of focusing and living in the future, like, okay, when things open back up, um, we're gonna do that better. We're gonna do that. It's like, you can start doing it better now. God is now. God is still here. Faith is now. Now, faith is the substance now. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, one thing that I would tell them is that be in the journey now, whatever idea that you have, whatever prayer that you're praying, pray it now, invest now, whatever it is that you feel like you could do better or you are planning to do better when things get better, start doing it now, because mm -hmm. today is a day in your journey and you don't want to miss that. So yes, I am yeah. looking forward to when things are going to get better and I'm looking forward when things will open back up and everything, but I am, I am maximizing now and I am going through my journey now because today yeah. is my journey. Tomorrow is my journey. It's not in two years when things as predicted that, okay, COVID is going to go probably in two, five years. I'm not going to wait till then before I evolve, I will start evolving now and going through my journey until I get to the destination. I so in one, in one sentence, I will say that the journey is as important as the destination. So maximize it now. That's a fantastic word. And it's not just for young adults. This, that word is for every single generation, every nationality, Every tribe, every tongue needs to hear that. Just, what is God wanting you to do right now? And we, we, are, we have been seen as other people shut down or other churches or other ministries, mm -hmm. different things, aspects have shut down. We've seen more fruit and salvations by mm -hmm. really just finding what is God saying at this moment and at this time. God mm -hmm. is always moving. God is never shut down and God is never mm -hmm. limited. Yes. So yeah. if we if we embrace the journey, you're so right. What mm. a great word to share with our audience. Okay, mm. well, I want to ask you one more question, and I hope you don't mind me asking this question, but mm. recently you lost your father, mm. and I know that your father was so special to you, and you loved him so much, and that was a huge loss in your life, but something that I witnessed because I know I see you on a regular basis is I know this devastated you, this loss, and it would anybody, but it didn't wipe you out. 
it didn't take you out of ministry. Matter of fact, you preached the same week that you lost your father. And I know Pastor Dane and I were concerned. We're like, you know, if you need time off, if you want to reschedule this, you can do that. And you with just such boldness was like, no, I need to preach. Would you share with us um, just to be vulnerable? You know, how, how are you making it through this? How, what is, what is your anchor? I know it's Jesus, but but yeah. that's kind of a vague way to say it. How did you get through this time and how are you getting through it? Yeah, um, I would say that this has been the most challenging thing that has ever happened to me and very difficult. And when I lost my dad, the first few days I was very indifferent about it. I didn't even like know how to feel. I didn't, I, I didn't feel anything. I felt kind of numb. But a few weeks into that, I started really feeling like, oh, this is real. And it was very, very difficult to not being able to go home and just being with my family and just attending the burial and seeing my dad again before he got buried. So that was that was very hard. And I'm still, I'm still dealing with that and still healing through that. But um what kept me standing and moving is first I had people telling me um, you should take off you know like don't don't let anyone force you into doing ministry and whatever take as much time as you need for healing and then I had other people who, who told me if you want to go out you can go out and whatever but I feel like people deal with grief differently and um, I've never encountered this kind um, experienced this kind of grief before so I didn't even know how I would deal with that but one thing that I felt like God was telling me was that I need to show a specific group of people how to grieve, right? Like you can, you can trust the Lord in your grave. You can surrender to God in your grave. But one main lesson that I have learned losing my dad is just the urgency of souls coming to God. And I feel like it was just so perfect timing that I was scheduled to preach. I was scheduled to lead worship the, the week following that I was scheduled to preach. And I had all of these responsibilities that I had, which, which is a tremendous opportunity for me to reach out to lost souls. And given that this was my main lesson from this grief and from this loss, the fact that there is such an urgency for souls to come to the Lord because death is real. So I feel like this is what kept me standing. Like I cannot, every opportunity that I get to preach to a lost soul or any opportunity that I get to minister to a lost soul, I'm going to grab it because there is such an urgency for people to come to Christ. So through my grief, I was able to learn this fact and be able to move through this fact of the urgency of the gospel to be out there. So I think that is what kept me moving in my ministry. And that is what is keeping me moving now is that death, death is real. So there is an urgency for the gospel to be preached. And in whatever way I can help facilitate that, I'm going to do it through my grief and through the process of healing that I'm going through. Wow. And I, I know that even just in our church alone, we've had five fathers pass. Yours, yeah. yours was the first one to pass and then we've had yeah. total five and uh i know that just you being strong and still mm -hmm. sharing through your grief through your journey you know like mm -hmm. you said earlier yeah. you know going through your journey this was mm -hmm. this is part of your journey of navigation and yeah. and it has made an incredible impact on the rest of our people that have also experienced this very same devastation in their life. Yeah. So yeah. I got I got so many messages um the day I led worship and the day I preached of many people from everywhere telling me like how are you able to do this? Like you are such an inspiration and you are such um, an encouragement to me seeing you on the platform preaching the gospel with so much passion and so much you know anointing and power leading worship even through your grief it's really encouraging to me knowing that you can still trust God you can still love God and most importantly you can still serve God even when you are grieving and I think that was also a huge encouragement to, to see that I'm impacting people 
even why I am grieving and why I'm going through my journey and the whole process of healing. Well, I know for yeah. uh, for Dana and I, Papa Dana and mm-hmm. I, we saw that it made us realize that God is really your anchor because mm-hmm. in your weakness, in your frailty, in your grief, mm-hmm. God was still strong. This wasn't the strength of Dolene. This was the strength of God working through you. So what what it, it really ministered to so many, not just your word and your worship, but your actual actions of mm-hmm. trusting the Lord. So thank you for actually living out the word that you just shared, that you are embracing the journey even though I'm sure it's not easy and it's painful. Well, I am very excited because as an emerging young leader, you will be sharing in our virtual world SILT conference. And we're doing, we're so excited about you doing this. And this will be happening October 16th and you'll be sharing a rapid word. And, uh, And the reason why we so wanted you to be a part of this conference, which we're so excited that you're going to be a part, is because we really believe that the word of God is not only on your tongue, but you are a great example to so many young adults, so many emerging women, uh, not just not just women, but men too, that are young adults that have this fire in their bones that are ready to speak a word and it needs to come out. And so we're excited for you to be a part of the Virtual World Sealed Conference and to share with us. So thank you for um, actually saying yes to that as well and um, preparing your heart for impacting. This will be 22 countries as well as now we have 90 cities. We just add, we added a new country and then we've added some new cities in the United States as well. So we're excited for the impact that it's going to make. So as we're concluding this podcast, Dolene, I would like for you to just pray over our audience and really pray however God has led you to, if you could just do that for us. And and just remember this, this is a global audience. And so what you speak and what you share is going out to everybody. So just deposit a word, deposit a prayer for our audience to hear today and to be impacted Thank you for by. this opportunity. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we honor you. We praise you. You are, you are awesome. You are amazing. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for just loving us um, unconditionally. Thank you for this great opportunity, God, that you have given us to be able to speak to people around the world, God. And I believe, oh, Father, Lord, that whoever you have placed to listen to this podcast is going to be blessed through it. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. Lord, your love never fails. Thank you for always being there with us, even in such a season, God, where um, things seem so unpredictable and uncertain, God. We know that you are our anchor and that we can hold firm to you even in moments when we don't understand and even in moments when we don't have all of the answers. We can hold firm to you knowing that you are the author of life, knowing that you know everything. You are the omniscient God, the God who knows the ending of a thing before that thing even begins. The all power belongs to you. You are the all sovereign God. So we trust you, God. We trust you, oh Father God, in this season. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our abilities. We trust you, God, with the calling that you have placed upon our lives, God. We trust you because we know that you do everything so much better and you do everything perfectly for the good of those who are called by your purpose and those who love you. So Father, I just speak life into every audience, God, everyone that is listening to this podcast, God. I speak life into them. I speak, oh Father, Lord, that they will be covered in your love. For anyone that feels like they are going through one challenge after the other, for those who do not have the sense of direction, who do not know where to go, what to do, Father, I pray that you will give them direction, that you will lead them, that you will hold them hand in hand, and you will lead them through the path that you have traced for them. I pray, oh Father, Lord, for anyone that is going through a challenging moment right now, be it the grief of a family member, be it like a loss of a job or anything that it is, God, I pray, oh Father, Lord, that you will remind them that you are with them. You will never leave them. You will never 
never forsake them and that you are with them, covering them. God, I even pray for protection and covering over every single person that is listening to this podcast right now. I pray that you will bless their going out and their coming in. I pray that you will cover and you will shield them as they step out, as, as they come back home, God, that you will be with them and cover them from any sickness or disease or even the virus, God. Lord, I pray, God, just as I shared, that we need to embrace the journey. I don't know. I know for many people, it's it's very different. Some people are really having the most out of their journey right now, and some people are not really having it. But God, I pray, Father Lord, that they will know that they do not have to go through the journey alone, but that you are with them, that they, they need to trust you and they need to journey with you. If you are in the journey with them, God, there is an assurance, there is a confidence of a, of a hope, of a good ending, God, like your word says, that you know the plans that you have for us, plans to prosper us, to give us a future and to give us an expected end. So God, I know that if we can trust you and if we can allow you to be at the center of our journey, there is surely an expected end. Father, so I thank you for um, your goodness. I thank you for this opportunity you've given me to share my voice, God. And I just want to remind everyone out there that they have a voice. They have a voice. And I pray, oh Father Lord, that they will not shut up their voice, but that they will speak your voice so that your name will be known, so that your glory will shine throughout the earth and the extremities of the earth, God. Lord, we just commit the rest of the day into your loving hands. May you come and lead us. May you come and be in control. May you come, God. May we submit and surrender to your Holy Spirit, to your guidance. And more than anything else, I pray that you will protect our families, that you will cover them, that you will be with them. You will be with them in their plans, in their visions, God. You are the God that gives the vision and you are the God that fulfills the vision. So Father, I pray that whatever anyone needs, to bring that vision to fruition, God, that you will provide for them. Lord, we love you, we honor you, and we exalt you. We don't love you because of the things we are hoping and trusting you will give us, God, but we love you because you loved us first. And this is the only thing that we can do is to love and to serve you. So may you take all of the honor, may you take all of the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dolene, for the impact that you're making. Thank you for the sacrifices that you've made to minister to young adults and and every person that you encounter. And we're just so proud of you. And we believe that God has incredible things ahead. But thank you for your word today. Let's embrace the journey. Let's really live out the journey and see what God will do. Thank you, Dolene, for joining us today on Truth Be Known. If you reside in Bangkok, Thailand, and you're a youth, young adult, college student, or young professional, and seeking for purpose and community, I encourage you to go to icabangkok.com and contact Dolene Luminaire. She will help you get connected and feel like you have a home away from home. Check out this outstanding lady's messages on icabangkok.com. Also, Dolene will be one of our rapid fire speakers for the Virtual World Sales Conference coming up October 16th. This involves 22 host countries and 90 cities around the world to stop human and sex trafficking. If you want to know more, go to sealed.life. That's sealed.life. S-E-A-L-E-D dot L-I-F-E. You can sign up to host a watch party for this event as well. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Truth Be Known. And go to the truthbeknown.org to find out more about our future episodes and guests that will be joining us each week. You can always find us on your favorite streaming service. And don't forget to let the truth be known.